welcome to another episode of the Mad Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Begley, Goni, and Wayne. What is up, Mad Mob? We're here with the Meat and Potatoes episode. It's been a while since I gave you the old Meat and Potatoes episode. Talking with his hands. Talking with my, I'm giving the boobity bobbity boobity hands. For all our YouTubers out there that have been slacking on, I promise I'll catch up. (laughs) Just two of us today, Wayne. Just two of us. Begley, not joining us today. My man man has a virus. He's Uh, sickly. He can't make it. uh, The show must go on. uh, I got a virus. My man has the weakest immune system of all time. He's sick every other day. He works from home. He doesn't get out. He stays sick. It's unbelievable. If he goes to the grocery store, he's coming back with some sort of disease or virus. He's catching all disease right now as this podcast is recording. Yeah, but you know what, Mad Mob? We gave you strict times that these episodes would come out. And uh, as sure as the sun rises, you're going to get an episode Friday morning and an episode Monday morning. Unless it was this last week. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday. But that being said, it was Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. We were all out. Yada yada yada. Uh yeah, that's it. We got we got a little bit of news. Uh Calvin Ridley uh applied for reinstatement at the exact day that he was allowed to. Um I'm sure that'll go off without a hitch and we'll get to see him uh with Trevor Lawrence next season. That should be exciting. Honestly, there shouldn't be any hitches, like you said, in that and Best of luck to him. Best of luck to him. Don't do it again. Don't do it again. What else we got, God? Uh, we got a little bit shorter news on Alvin Kamara. He was indicted with three others in the battery case that took place last year, and this just moves him closer to punishment from the league. So mm-hmm. uh, we faded him last year. Um, we're going to probably fade him harder this year. Because that man, even if he gets off scot-free, Roger Goodell's not going to let him just, you know, get away with anything. Nah. The so. Bucks. The Bucks uh, found a new OC. They promoted? Well, do you say promoted or do you just say hired if it's in the same organization? If it's in the same organization, it's a promotion. We promoted our quarterback coach. To the offensive coordinator. Hmm. No, no, no. You you hired. This was a hire, sir. You hired from the Seahawks. Oh. He uh he uh oh. did so well with Geno Smith this year. You know? Oh. He he brought Geno Smith to new heights. Well, it wasn't necessarily him. Geno just didn't write back. That's true. He he didn't write back starting week one, and he never wrote back all season. I, I just, I don't, it's Todd Bowles. It wasn't Byron Leftwich. It's Todd Bowles. It wasn't Tom Brady. It wasn't injuries. It was Todd Bowles. And now we're just Stop. letting coaches go, and uh, it, the, the root cause of all the Buccaneers' problems is still at the helm. Is Todd Bowles still the coach, or did you guys replace him already? Nah, he's still the coach. We've been letting everybody else go as scapegoats. 
he took he got it was a very long time before he got another chance and he must have done some convincing to get one more before he's given the boot as a head coach once again he sucks he sucks i i'm terrified that he's hanging his hat on a playoff experience or playoff experience playoff appearance this year but it was on the back of a terrible, terrible division. That was the only reason. Just makes me sick. Makes me sick that I got to look at his stupid face for another season. Yep, this is what you get. And a brand new quarterback to be determined. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly for the Bucks. I'm not looking forward to it. Thank goodness yeah. I have fantasy. At least you're still in the hunt, though. Uh, like worst case scenario, you guys are. You know. Six and eleven, and you're probably in second place. Thanks, dude. I feel awesome. Hey, man, optimism. Worst time for optimism. Just let me let me wallow in self pity. It's another twenty years of Fair. suck for me. Hey, man, the Patriots have to win at least ten games to make it into the playoffs. So you have the you have the the clearer path. Oh, we do, but. The clearest path to to getting demolished in the first round of the playoffs every year, but I don't know. I mean, we just we got a lot of quarterback turmoil in the NFC South. It's the only thing keeping us afloat. That's why you stand all the chances as long as Mike Evans' hamstrings hold up and your defense plays well. The sky's the limit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically the sky, but how how high in the sky? About as high as you or I could jump. Okay, sky's the limit. All right. Mad Mob. Second episode of our running back consensus rankings. We are going through the 13 through 24. Uh, we did the 1 through the 12, our, our preseason consensus rankings. Um, and we found out that if you listen to the Mad Mob, you did good. Our rankings uh, beat out the ADP. Uh, I believe it was eight to four on the top I think twelve. That's right, eight to four. Eight, eight uh, four. And we have. I, I promise you, we haven't done anything like that. We haven't. We haven't added it up or anything. Um, we do it at the end of the episode after I go through it. Um, that way, we can be an honest podcast. Because if we're off. I have no problem saying we were off. Um, uh, if you go through these ADPs, a lot of them are off. Um, we had a few hot takes that hit, a few that missed, um, and that's fine. And and we're all about learning from them, and we want you to trust us. So we're going to be honest with what's going on. Full accountability around Full here. Full accountability. It's a beautiful thing. So we're going to start... 13 through 23, I think we have, what, two or three 24s where we all just kind of picked a guy and they kind of got shoved up to the 24 area, kind of honorable mention type of deal? Yeah, we, we did a thing basically where we each picked just the last guy, the direction we wanted to go in, and we each made a case at the beginning of the season, and we're going to find out exactly how that turned out for us. Sounds good. Let's start with the consensus 13. We got Josh Jacobs. I had him at 10. 
Begley had him at 12. Goni at 13. He finished as the RB3. ADP had him as the RB23. Uh, so in this particular uh, running back, all of us were closer than the ADP. Uh, just had an amazing year. I, kind of. I mean, he had over 1,600 yards and 12 touchdowns. Uh, over 50 receptions for 400 yards. 50 receptions for a running back is absolutely insane. I, I think what really buoyed him is he had like four 30-point games, something like that. Because, I mean, eight times he finished out of the top 12. Um, only had single-digit games five times. But for the RB3 to have five single-digit games is kind of – but. Uh, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of people are fading Josh Jacobs. Obviously, with our rankings, we didn't, but he's been a top eleven running back for the past three years. So I and I kind of uh, my mindset and ranking him, I had I had him ranked the highest out of everybody. Um, I just thought, and you all will see with our consensus fourteen, I'm going to kind of go an opposite route, and I'll I'll explain further when we get there. Devontae Adams, I thought was going to provide more opportunity. Uh, Derek Carr is not a rushing quarterback, so I knew he wasn't really going to be the option on the ground. Um, and I just thought they were going to feed that man. Um, I thought he was going to get a lot of uh, uh, red zone opportunities, which he did, 12 touchdowns. What I am surprised about, uh, and and this is the reason he finished as the RB3 and not closer to my projection as, as the 10, is he got a lot of receiving work. And I think part of that is Darren Waller kind of – got faded a little bit. I thought he was going to do a little bit better than he did. Um, and Josh Jacobs kind of benefited. So you had him as the RB13, again, a lot closer than the ADP. So so where, what was your mindset? Because we were actually pretty close. Yeah, man. Uh, on this one, felt good about Josh Jacobs coming into the year. Was expecting kind of a blow-up year. For, well, more blow-up than the ADP had him. Obviously not as high as you did, but I mean, he outperformed for everyone. I don't think anyone would have had Josh Jacobs as a top three running back coming into the season. So that was a nice little surprise. It was good to see him get plenty of catches out of the backfields. I remember I actually drafted him in a league as a rookie and he performed great, but he only had 20 receptions. And so we were kind of looking for more receiving work out of the backfield. You didn't really see it during the John Gruden era. So it's good to see that, you know, he was on pace with last year. He got 64 targets, same as last year, 53 receptions, which is one less than last season. And really what propelled him is is the Raiders kind of just leaned on him this year a whole lot. He yeah. absolutely smashed his career high for carries, 340 carries this year. And, you know, it, it turned out a league leading 1,600 plus yards, but he was efficient as well, man, 4.8 yards per carry. So he was he was just phenomenal. I, I really think that the Raiders hang on to him, probably use the franchise tag. And I don't know if he hits 1,600 again, but the efficiency, the workload we're seeing out of him and the receiving work, it, it just I'm optimistic again. Bodes well. Yeah. Do you put him – you had him at 13. Do you put him in your top eight next year? And these are the way too early, haven't done any research yet rankings. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll take this one with a grain of salt. And the way too early, I could probably, I could see him in top eight. I could see like maybe a seven or eight, at like right now, you know, just eyeballing it. How about you? 
Uh, I think it's hard. It'll be hard not to. Um, again, way too early, uh, but but we'll see. Uh, moving on, the consensus 14 was James Conner. I had him at 14. Begley had him at 16. Goni had him at 12. He finished as the RB19. The ADP had him at the 22. So the ADP was closer than we were um, on him. Begley, uh, Begley tied the ADP with uh, being three off. Uh, that being said, he missed four games due to injury. If he doesn't miss those games, um, I think we beat out the ADP. But injuries happen, so we'll take our lumps on this on this one. Uh, just wasn't a lot of work in general. Uh, he had five games inside the top twelve, uh, but six games outside the RB eighteen. I don't, I don't know. Like it, or when Hopkins was suspended, he pretty much sucked. It's like the the Cardinals were very one dimensional. Um. And it just they they sold out against the run and and it showed he wasn't good enough to create his own work whenever the offensive line wasn't making it for him. And my uh, kind of what I was thinking, my mindset here, and I guess uh, obviously I didn't fade him because I had him higher than than what the ADP had him. I just thought that DeAndre Hopkins coming back was going to create a lot more opportunities. But I put him back behind Josh Jacobs because Kyler can rush the ball as well. So I kind of saw them, I kind of ranked them right next to each other for the same reason, that they both got elite wide receivers, which I thought was going to create more offense. But Josh Jacobs is on a team where the quarterback doesn't rush. Kyler Murray obviously rushes. Uh, I I just, the, the Cardinals were a big letdown this season, in my opinion, just uh, top to bottom, all around. Um, again, James Conner would have been close if he didn't, wouldn't have been closer to us if he didn't get hit or injured, but... Uh, that is what it is. He's fully guaranteed $5.75 million next year. Um, lost his head coach. Uh, so so what do you think? What was your mindset in having him as an RB1? Granted, it was you had him at 12, but, but what was your mindset yep. in ranking him there? Well, man, I expected regression out of him. He was the RB5 last year, but that was on the back of scoring 15 touchdowns. So, honestly, you can't really expect the guy to come back and score 15 more. It just rarely happens with, you know, the outlier of Austin Eckler, of course, because the man can do it all. Um, Like you said, though, he was not good. He was not very good in the first half of the season, basically the entire time that Hopkins was out. And really just looking at the game logs on it, it's kind of like they shifted more towards the pass anyways. You know, we we saw a lot of good work out of Hollywood Brown. And, I mean, 10 carries, 7 carries, 13, 15, and Mm 9 through those first five games. Like, it's just not a lot of volume. He wasn't efficient. Um, And, I mean, not a whole heck of a lot of passing work out of the backfield. Also, doesn't help that he only scored one touchdown in that time frame. But towards the back half of the season, when they got Hopkins back, even without Kyler, he still got plenty of volume. He had over 15 carries for the majority of the games. He was finding the end zone. He he looked good as far as that goes. I, I don't know if he looked good necessarily, but he was being productive. He's still kind of, you know, I think on the downswing, he's going to be 28 years old next year. I won't have him in my my top 12 
next season. I just I don't see it happening with Hopkins leaving, new coaching staff coming in. I, I mean, I wouldn't even really doubt that they bring in another running back to kind of split the load with him, honestly. Yeah, especially at 28. You, that's something that they definitely want to look into, going ahead and uh, grooming another guy. Speaking of grooming another guy, let's go to our consensus 15. We got David Montgomery. I had him as the 16. Begley had him as the 14. You had him as the 18. He finished as the RB24. The ADP had him at the 19. ADP beat us on this one. Uh, He only missed a game, so we can't really blame injury on this or anything like that. Uh, Four games inside the top 12. Eight games outside the top 24. Uh, Didn't do too bad all around. He had over 1,000 scrimmage yards and six touchdowns combined. I don't, he just doesn't score very much. This this offense kind of stalled out a lot. Uh, Khalil Herbert had a few breakout games. He obviously took a lot of the um, took a lot of work away from uh, Monty. But uh, and you you kind of called that. I mean, if if you all uh, listened to all our uh, DFS, um, or honestly, it, Khalil Herbert came up a lot in the regular season. You know, whether it came from you know who do I drop this guy or this guy. Uh, Goni kind of planted his flag on Khalil Herbert. Um, he saw our DFS lineups a few times, um, and he did good. But on top of that, we got Justin Fields rushing for a million yards a game. That it's really hard to uh, to to trust him as a as a solid RB two, which uh, he finished as an RB two, but the worst. Um, and I just don't know how do you feel about him. He's he's gonna be what a free agent next year yeah he's an unrestricted free agent he's probably gone yeah gotta be so i mean they have they have herbert and Tristan ebner waiting in the wings but they have tons of money i don't think they spend it there wide receiver o-line corner some of the places they could go they need everywhere on defense as well and montgomery as for this year he just He's a volume guy. He doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. He's never really scored a, a lot of touchdowns over his career. He had six his rookie year, eight, seven, and then five this season. He saw a career low uh, rushing attempts, period. Lowest of his career, even his rookie season, his lowest uh, yardage from the rushing standpoint. And the man, need vo- he needs volume if he's going to be productive. He just he didn't get it this year. Like you said, Justin Fields, a million rushing yards. That's always going to hurt your workload as a running back. And then kind of the emergence of Khalil Herbert throughout the season. He took over a little bit during that, that game that he was hurt. And honestly, for Dynasty, I love Khalil Herbert this, or this next season coming up. I think that... He's a really buy low candidate before it becomes official. So I'm planting my flag on that. It hasn't happened yet. They haven't, you know, let him walk or made an offer or anything like that. But I'm planting the flag on Monty walking and Herbert being the guy next year, possibly with, you know, them drafting maybe a running back late, late as maybe uh, someone to spell. Monty walks. Is Herbert a top 20 running back for you in the way too early no research rankings he is he is they led the league in rushing this year being the bears i know that justin fields had a lot to do with it but i don't think he'll have to run so much next year uh just because i think they they add pieces around justin fields so i think that'll give more carries to herbert as well plus he's just more effective he's been more effective the games he's played in 
Fair enough. Uh, moving on to 16, we've got Alvin Kamara. I faded him heavy. Faded him heavy. Couldn't stand him. Uh, he He's, again, our 16. I had him at 20. Goni and Begley had him at the 15. He finished as the RB 16. ADP had him as the RB 12, which means we finished on par. Uh, we were four off, and the ADP was four off. He missed four games. Uh, only had four games inside the top 12, six games outside the top 24. Uh, it's his first season. He hasn't been a top 10 running back. So, so the fading was right. We knew he was going to have an uncharacteristically bad season. Um, he did. Uh, that being said, it was a sixth straight season with over 1,300 scrimmage yards. He just couldn't find pay dirt, man. He couldn't find pay dirt. Only four touchdowns combined, receiving and rushing. Uh, and when you just don't find the end zone often, it's just going to really kill you. And he just didn't. Uh, the Saints just weren't weren't very good this year. Uh, I I mean, I'll let you kind of explain. You, you almost hit him on the head. You were only off. Uh, one position so I think we're kind of like-minded in that we're not touching him with a 10-foot pole next year um, for what we I mean the intro he was indicted so I think he's going to be out pretty much all worst case scenario or best case scenario I think he's out you know 10 games and for me he's 20 he's going to be 28 uh, and I've already faded him this year I'm not touching him I'm not I'm absolutely not touching him uh, but let me hear what you got to say. Let me hear your thought process on ranking him because you were just one spot off of what he finished. I mean, you, you pretty much nailed it for the most part. When we did these consensus rankings at the beginning of last season, we looked into his, you know, deeper metrics, his advanced metrics rather. And it didn't really look too good for him. It hasn't looked great since, uh, Drew Brees left. Obviously, doesn't get the recept- this receiving work out of the backfield. He's not really like a between-the-tackles runner kind of guy. He hasn't been scoring the touchdowns. The offense just as a whole just isn't isn't as effective, obviously, when you replace a Hall of Famer with a Jameis Winston or an Andy Dalton. Or, the Red Rocket. Yeah, you know, Taysom Hill every now and then for a gadget play. Like, that, that stuff just doesn't really work. And really, he could have finished lower this year. He's kind of buoyed by a 42-point game that he had in Week 8 against the Raiders. I mean, aside from that, he he broke 20 points one game the rest of the season. So, highly fading him next year. I was I was more in line with I think he's going to get a like six-game suspension. But at the at the same time, we don't really even know what the severity of this indictment is going to come down to. So much more potential to miss more games, possibly the entire season. So that's kind of a stay tuned for more deal from him. Yeah. I think, I think the Calvin Ridley suspension is going to play a role. Cause it's like, you suspended a dude for a full season for betting $1,500 on games that he wasn't involved in. But then we got this aggravated assault charge. You're really going to suspend him for less. Um, and that's, that's kind of what's what I'm kind of waiting on uh, from the old commish. Our consensus seventeen. This was a this was a good one because it's the consensus seventeen, and all three of us ranked him as the seventeenth running back. He finished as the RB twenty seven. ADP had him at twenty one. I'm talking about Antonio Gibson. Missed two games. 
finished with 546 rushing yards, 353 receiving yards with 46 receptions, uh, three rushing, two receiving tutties. He just he wasn't that good. I, I think I'm pretty sure we did our running back rankings before uh, before Brian Robinson came out as taking the job, if I recollect correctly. Um, so that's kind of you know. I hate using excuses, but, you know, obviously if we knew that he was taking a back seat to Brian Robinson, we wouldn't have had him up so high. But it is what it is. We were off. ADP was, was more right on this one. We were off of the ADP. We were four lower. Um, ADP had him at 21, finished at 27. Uh, he had foot surgery about a month ago, and he's expected to be ready for training camp. But... Just that Ron Rivera offense in Washington is is turning into an RBBC. So uh, I just thought Antonio Gibson was going to uh, just get a lot more work. I mean, just get a lot more work. Um, JD McKissick, they it seemed like kind of like a last minute decision to bring him back, like uh, whatever. So I just thought he was going to be essentially what he was last year ish. I wasn't really worried about Brian Robinson too much. And then he came out to end up being a stud, even after getting shot right in the tater. I mean, he was still a stud. Yeah. I've even kind of heard and read a little bit that Antonio Gibson might get cut this offseason. So, I mean, it's it's got potential. It kind of hurts after him coming out in his rookie season. He was so good. I believe he led all rookies in rushing yards and touchdowns. He looked phenomenal. We just wanted to see, you know, some of the passing work out of the backfield for him. And now we have this uh, Ron Rivera kind of timeshare, like the old Carolina days. So, I mean, the the days of Antonio Gibson being the guy, they're they're long gone. Like Wayne said, we were, you know, looking at this stuff coming into the season. The injury to Brian Robinson kind of looked like it would open the door for him. You know, unfortunately he got to win shot the job back, uh, yeah. and that looked to extend the life of Antonio Gibson's career as yep. the RB one for the, the commanders. But, yep. you know, as soon as he came back, he took the job over. So uh, that's, that's really about it. it. Honestly, he's a depth piece. He catches passes out of the backfield. So I guess he's got a little bit more value in a full PPR, but yeah, he won't be, you know, in my top 24 next season. You know, uh, no, I remember we talked about that because it was we again we had ranked Antonio Gibson before um, we knew Brian Robinson took it over. So so even before the season started, we we're like, dang, we're missing on that one. Uh, which we'll stand we'll stand by missing that one because obviously he's not you know the seventeenth ranked running back if he's getting beat out by a rookie. So no excuses whatsoever. I mean, we just missed on that one. But I remember thinking, like, whenever Brian Robinson got shot and he was going to be out a couple of weeks, we were. I was talking to Goni, and, and I was like, "Listen, it, he's he just got a scare. Like, he just lost his job, and now he's got an opportunity to go out and say, no, this is this is what I am, and really go nuts out there.' Was, we we thought that was going to happen, and it just honestly looks like he's just lacking the talent. So so yeah, I agree with you. He's not in my top twenty four next year. Um, I don't know where I put him. Maybe I think at best a back end flex, man. Yeah, almost desperation status 
Like, obviously, you'd probably play him over some guys that you'd have on the waiver wire. And then a dynasty, he's not droppable because he's a handcuff. But you're in purgatory. You're, I mean, right? You're, he's a purgatory player at this point now. Yeah. You feel sick playing him, but, I mean, sometimes you just have to. All right. We'll move on to the 18. Makes me feel a little yucky here. A little, this little hurts. yucky. Um, cause I really thought I really wanted to be right on this one. I, I truly felt like I was right on this one and I just hate, I hate that I was right, but based off injury, cause I feel like I was going to be fine. Um, talking about Javante Williams, I had him as the RB 23. It was a super hot take to have Javante Williams as a back end RB two. Begley had him at 18, Goni at 14. He finished as the RB82. The ADP had him as the RB6. That's why it was a super hot take. Our consensus was obviously way closer than the ADP. Uh, he missed pretty much the whole season. 13 games, tore his ACL and his LCL. Uh, finished finished week one as the RB12. 58% snap share. Um, averaged about 12 games a carry. 4.3 yards per carry. He was pretty efficient. Um, that was before the injury and had five targets a game. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like I was going to be right on this one, man. I feel like I was going to be right. I know everybody's going to gonna say, no, he got hurt. I, I just feel, I felt good about it. And I guess technically I'm right compared to the ADP, but it just feels gross because it's, cause it's injury-related. Uh, so we'll just kind of move on with that. They got Sean Payton, Melvin Gordon's out. Uh Mike Boone, he had his shot, and he really didn't do that good. Latavius Murray, they know what he is. Javante Williams is coming back um, as the bona fide number one. Uh, Sean Payton, he's had nothing but uh, successful running backs. He he heavily utilizes them. Uh, what are you expecting out of – I'm not even going to ask you to explain why you had him at 12, at 14. Uh, it is what it is on these rankings. It's just injury-related. Uh, what what do you see coming from Javante Williams next year? I mean, I, honestly, I think the sky's the limit for him. I don't know if they bring in another running back, but like you said, Sean Payton, absolutely. He always has a good run game, no matter what. And this is going to go down as the season that could have been for Javante Williams. I know that the fade, rightly so, coming into the season, he, he split exactly 50% with Melvin Gordon the year before. But with Melvin Gordon, you know, being cut this year because of the inefficiency, that's just going to leave you to wonder, like, what Javante's workload could have been throughout the season and how he could have performed. The offense as a whole was terrible. It was awful. So uh, it, it might be better this way, honestly. So it doesn't, doesn't leave a bad taste in anyone's mouth just because of such a poor operating offense. Probably would have been disappointed Running back six, though, as the ADP coming into the season after an exact 50% split, like, I just don't understand how ADP at the beginning of the season had him so high. No. Uh, so so that's my only thing. People were going absolutely nuts, but nothing changed. Nothing changed in that offense. There's no reason to go away from Melvin Gordon after the year that they both gave you last year. So, Plus, you know Javante is yeah. going to be your guy long term and Melvin isn't. So you don't want to absolutely destroy your guy when the the split the timeshare was was successful for you all. 
let give yeah. his body a little bit a little bit of a break before you start just working him like a rented mule. Dude, I'm not even gonna lie either. Week one, I was absolutely salivating. I have Javante Williams in two leagues, and my man had eleven receptions on twelve targets. I thought that was a sign of things to come for sure. And uh, you know, it, it definitely fell the next couple weeks. Four four targets the next week, five the week after, and then he he tore his ACL in week four. So um yeah, we'll we'll see. It'll be a mystery and he'll be one of the players to watch for sure coming into next season. I can't even ask for uh for a way too early projection because I just I don't know. I'm really gonna have to to buckle down to see what that one's all about. He's a planter flag guy for sure. Mm-hmm. And and America planted their flag with the ADP. Yeah, facts. Number nineteen, we got JK Dobbins. Uh, ADP had him at 17. Obviously, the Mad Mob won on this one with uh, his injury, finished as RB56. He missed nine games. That being said, I, I, I think we win this one regardless of injury. Uh, he had two top 12 finishes um, in the games he did play, but he had five games outside the top 24. Uh, had a terrible snap share all year. Uh, he only hit 50% twice. Uh, he had... He's at this point. He's had two knee surgeries in two years, but he's averaging five point eight yards per carry for his career, which is extremely efficient. Um, it's going to be a run first offense. Uh, you had him ranked a little bit higher. Uh, me and Begley had him at twenty one. You had him at nineteen. What? What? Why did you have him a little bit higher? And again, it's not. It's not too far off of this. So what? What made yeah. you put him higher than than Begs and I? And what do you think? Uh, going forward for him with or without Lamar? Honestly, for me, the 5.8 yards per carry, man, he's he's just efficient. He's good every time he takes the field. But volume is king. He, he just never really gets that kind of workload, or he hasn't thus far in his career. It's always been in a split, some kind of timeshare, RBBC. And, I mean, obviously the injuries don't help it either. But, you know, just coming into this year, I, I was expecting I was expecting him to come back and stay healthy. You know, he missed the first two games of the season. He then went on to play for the next three weeks, got hurt in week six again, missed another five games on top of that. So, uh, I mean, the, the talent's there. He, he looks very good whenever he's on the field. We saw him get volume towards the end of the year's last four games to end the season. He had 15, 13, 12, and 17 carries. He looked good in the playoff run. Uh, he's angry that he didn't get the ball, and Tyler Huntley got the ball at the goal line in the playoffs against the Bengals that was fumbled, returned for a touchdown. He had plenty of things to say about that. I think he's going to take it to the coaching staff next year, man, and he's he's going to say, I want the ball. He, he's very – the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, 5.8 yards per carry, not a lot of guys in this league that can do that. It's like Nick Chubb at 5.5, 5.6. Obviously been doing a lot longer than J.K. Dobbins has. But from a pure running standpoint, he's very good. Just needs to stay on the field, give him the ball. I like him, honestly, without with or without Lamar next year. We don't know what's going to happen with that situation. But he will be uh, – honestly, I think I'll have him – ranked higher than the 19 that I have had him coming into this season for the way too early. 
Yeah, he's he's a strictly volume play, but on top of the volume, like we covered, he's already, he's very efficient. It's it's just, do you want to take a chance on on the injury because he's very injury prone early in his career? Uh, but yeah, it's it's a strictly volume play. I know I I acquired J.K. Dobbins in a in a trade uh, in a dynasty league this past year, and I'm excited about him. Um, so so we'll see. I hope I hope you're right. And I'll probably have him up there myself and just cross my fingers that his ligaments hold up. Just give him the ball. Give him the ball. He's good. Give him the ball. Uh, number 20. I, I'm okay eating crow on this one, man. It was good to see. Same. We we. Yeah. Lo- I'll just go ahead and tell you, Mad Mob lost on this one. We faded him. Uh, the ADP was wrong on him. They were closer than the Mad uh, than we were. But I was so hyped to see our consensus 20 Saquon Barkley. I had him at the 25 Beggs had him at the 20. You had him at the 21. He finished as the RB five ADP RB 13. It was awesome watching that man this year. I mean, he's been so injury prone that we forgot. We forgot who Saquon was. Honestly, he only missed one game and it wasn't even injury related. (laughs) It was at the end of the week when they were resting for the playoffs. Uh, it's the first time he hasn't had an injury uh, since his rookie season. Finished with over 1,300 yards, double-digit touchdowns. It's a career high in carries and rush yards. 57 receptions. Not a lot of receiving yards, but 57 receptions. Seven games inside the top 12. Three games, Only three games outside the top 24. Uh, he did great. It is a contract year. And after that, it's kind of a crapshoot. Sometimes you have guys that break down. Sometimes you have guys that get their money and go nuts. You're going to have some bitter people. He had a terrible, in, in the in the fantasy championship, he did you dirty. So you might be able to snake him for something decent next year with the, with the people that had him in the fantasy championship. Only had 7.3 points in your fantasy championship. Sorry to tear the Band-Aid off of those wounds for, for those that had to deal with it. Um, could be franchise tagged this year. Uh, I think if he is franchise tagged, I think we could see another good year out of him instead of one of those rest up years. Um, only 26 by the time next season starts. Um, again, we had him pretty close. I'm assuming for the same reason, but I'll, I'll let you speak on that. Yeah. I mean, I only had him four spots ahead of you and I dogged this man coming into the season. I, I'd been burned on him twice before. In his career, we obviously know the slew of injuries that he's been through, but he he's back. I mean, we looked into the metrics coming into the season. That also went into how we ranked Saquon Barkley. I mean, obviously, the injury concerns are always going to be there, at least coming into the season. I think maybe next year it's cured or he's just fooling us again, uh, still to be determined. But last year he was coming off of a torn ACL and torn meniscus. And Mm -hmm. generally from what I've been reading the first season back after an injury like that with the tear and the meniscus, they're not right. They're not quite back to form yet. It really takes until the second season to get back into true form. He also had the ankle injury last year where he missed a couple games. So uh, it, it's good to see him back. I'm I'm very happy to be wrong. Obviously, you know, the more 
not even good, but just great fantasy players that we can get in the league. It, it's great to see. It makes for good football. No one wants to see a guy carrying the ball 20 times for 50 yards. It's just, it's not entertaining. We don't, we don't want a tight end situation anywhere else either, where it's like Travis Kelsey and everybody else. <laughs> we want, exactly. We want RB ones to be true RB ones. Yeah. Hi, so. high, higher scoring fantasy games are better fantasy games. Absolutely. Absolutely. He got 295 carries this year, like you said, a career high. And yeah, if he if he gets the franchise tag, there's no reason for them not to absolutely give this man the rock repeatedly, repeatedly. So we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. It was his highest reception total since his rookie season with dump off champion Eli Manning. So inspiring (laughs) all around. Yeah, for sure. Uh I'm really only going to put him that high again if he's franchise tagged. I think if he gets paid, he rests up a little. Uh, Maybe a little bit of Doug Martin syndrome. We'll see. I hope not. All right, consensus 21. I had him the highest. You had him the lowest. It's Elijah Mitchell. Why did I say that with so much J? Elijah. (laughs) Elijah. Elijah. Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. I had him at 18, Beggs 24, you had him at 25, finished as the RB 78. ADP had him as the RB 26. He missed 12 games, people. He missed 12 games, 270 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Injured in week one, missed all the way up to week 10, and by the time he was healthy enough to come back, they had traded for the arguably the best running back in the league. That being said, he was averaging 6.2 yards per carry up until that point. So, I mean, I guess there's some efficiency there that we can hang our hat on. Um, I here, here was my thing with ranking him as RB18. He was solid last year. And I just thought that with Debo complaining about all his, he doesn't want to rush as much, yada, 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 coupled with the fact that I faded Trey Lance super heavy, I thought they were going to depend a lot more on the run and it was going to be mainly Elijah Mitchell because Debo voiced his displeasure with rushing so much. So I just thought he was going to be really their main rushing weapon, and they were going to need to get the run going to help Trey Lance get going. Uh, and that's kind of why I had him as a as a mid-tier um, RB2. Uh, I think, I don't even know. Who who knows? It's He missed way too much to, to even say, if he wasn't injured, it would have been fine. Uh, who who really knows? But as of right now, Elijah Mitchell probably isn't even making it onto redraft roster with with the man CMC uh, leading that backfield. Yeah, he's a he's a handcuff at best going forward. It's just the logic was sound though coming into the season. No one knows what trades are going to happen throughout the year. You obviously don't think that CMC is going to be coming to San Fran while we're doing all this before week one, obviously before the preseason and all that. And Elijah Mitchell, he, he missed six games last year and he finished as the RB 26. He, he came in, he was a late round draft pick. He ended up winning the job and generally they'd been mixing a lot of guys in, you know, the Raheem Mostert years and everything. And uh, Jeff Wilson, just no one was really a workhorse there, and he kind of took on that role until he got injured. Uh, the injuries obviously never help. So, I, I mean, he was really good. So the mindset going into the season, I don't really blame you. 
you took your shot on him and it just didn't pan out. He, he got hurt. The 49ers went ahead. They made a move, picked up one of the best running backs in the game. And yeah, he's, he's just going to be a handcuff going forward. Dynasty redraft, all that. So it is what it is. Yeah. Not too much to say on him. His, uh, he's under contract next year. Who knows if they'll be able to to off him or anything like that? But he's 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 nothing. I mean, he's got zero value from a redraft perspective, in my opinion. Obviously, won't be anywhere close to even a flex play for me next year. Number twenty-two. We missed again, man. Our, the back end of the RB twos, man. Mad Mob struggling. Number 22, we got Damian Harris. I had him at 30. Begley had him at 19. You had him at 20. He finished as the RB48. ADP had him as an RB32. He missed six games. So take it with a grain of salt. We've had, I think he's the second one now that um, we probably got beat out by the ADP because of missed games. That one would have been close. He was RB48. They had a 32. We had him at 22. That one would have been close if he played six games. Uh, one game inside the top 12, seven games outside the top 24. Uh, I, I faded him all the way to 30 because Ramondre Stevenson, man, he came on late. Uh, I figured he was going to be the guy, and he ended up being the guy. So uh, kind of couple in the injuries with Ramondre emerging as the number one um, is why I had him faded all the way back to uh, 30. Again, if he played all six games, maybe. I, I haven't seen the point differential of what it would have taken to get him up that high. Um, it obviously would have been closer. Uh, but I still, I still, regardless of um, his injuries, I still stand firm on the fact that Ramondre uh, took over the top spot in that backfield, and that's the main reason um, that he fell. Uh, unrestricted free agent this year. Um, so he's got the talent, but where his talent is going to be next year, what jersey he's going to be in, is going to determine his fantasy value. Uh, you had him as the RB20, uh, a little bit further back end, RB2. Uh, what was going on? What was going through your head when you had him ranked? He was just – he was good last year, man. He was he was the guy for the most part. And, again, similar to James Conner, he scored 15 touchdowns. I expected some regression but man, did the pendulum swing the complete opposite direction for Damian Harris this year. He finished with three rushing touchdowns, didn't have any receiving touchdowns. He barely catches out of the backfield anyway. That that was kind of the Ramondre role anyways. And I mean, like you said, he, he left the door cracked for Ramondre Stevenson and Ramondre absolutely kicked it down. He took the workload. Damian Harris, man, his his first five games, you know, he was kind of the guy coming into the season. Nine carries, 15, 11, 18. And then the inefficiency kind of just took over. Ramondre being efficient, catching out of the backfield, kind of being as like a do-it-all running back. Mm-hmm. He, he just took over. And then you see in the back half of the year, three carries, 11, 8, 5, 9, 13. He, he was getting more volume last year, Damian Harris. So... I uh, kind of expected him to get a little bit more play and usage this year being I figured it would be his last year. The, the Patriots don't really re-sign running backs like that. We just go and grab someone late in the draft and you're the guy. We we grab a couple and then just we'll either rotate you or find someone who is just unknown 
to do the work. So just somebody that doesn't yeah. fumble. Someone that doesn't fumble. Someone that doesn't fumble. That, that's the main key. Otherwise, you're going into the Belichick doghouse. You're never getting out. So yeah, Damian Harris. He's he's gonna be off somewhere. He could have some value, but he it depends where he lands, obviously. And he's gonna need volume to do it. He doesn't catch out of the backfield, but we've seen he can be a good goal line back for someone. And with some volume in the right line, he can be okay. Question mark. <laughs> Question mark, yeah. I say okay, but he's he's probably a flex from here on out, like at his peak. It's, right? It's very – it determines heavily where he lands uh, before I can put any value on him because his value could be – unrosterable or it could be a pretty good flex play uh just we just got to keep an eye on on where he lands Uh, keep an ear out we'll let you know the second we know number 23 our consensus 23 uh, aj dillon i had him at the 29 begley had him at the 22 you had him at 28 he finished as the rb 26 adp almost hit the nail on the head with this one at rb 25 uh, he was healthy all season, uh, finished with 770 yards, seven touchdowns, three games inside the top 12, 10 outside the top 24. Uh, wasn't very efficient for the majority of the season. Um, he finished the season nice with five top 24 finishes, though, uh, two in the top 10. And Aaron Jones, uh, see, I had Aaron Jones ranked as my RB3, so it wouldn't have made sense for me to have um, AJ Dillon any higher than I did at 29. Um, Aaron Jones is going to be there next year with AJ Dillon. Not sure if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there or not. Uh, I'm I'm still hanging my hat on Aaron on Aaron Jones. If Aaron Rodgers is gone, uh, I'm going to keep Aaron Jones as a as a pretty solid uh, RB one uh, next year if that happens. And because of that. Uh, again, I'll have to fade A.J. Dillon a little bit. Um, I think from a dynasty perspective, he's he's a solid stash. Uh, good flex play. I mean, he finished as the RB26. That puts him as a great flex play. Um, I haven't compared it to, you know, the 25 uh, to 38 receivers or added those numbers up. Um but he was a solid flex play this season. I just if I'm if I'm so in love with Aaron Jones and think he's and I think he's going to get all this work, it's it's just hard to rank the his his backup um, any higher than where I had him at 29. Yeah, um, it didn't look great really for AJ Dillon for most of the year. He kind of got some good work out of him in the back half, like you said. He's a guy that I went out in our dynasty league in one of them and I acquired him just for hopes that I mean I needed running backs I'm not gonna lie it's hard to find young running backs he's only 24 years old right now but he's he's blocked by Aaron Jones I I don't necessarily think he takes a step forward next year you know he's like you said he's been inefficient what really helped him during the back half though is he started finding the end zone he scored uh six touchdowns over a five week span. So that's really where the bulk of his production is going to be. He saw one game, one game over four targets all season. 
I'm sorry, two games over four targets all season. So that's that's Aaron Jones' bag right there. That's that's what they use him for. What you're really hoping for in a dynasty, myself mostly right now, I'm just trying to put it out there and project it into the world, is that we see Aaron Jones have a CMC type outcome next year where just a running back needy team goes out and gets a guy like Aaron Jones, honestly, because he's still good. He's still got juice. He looked good this year. He can do things for a football team. And I just need that to happen. Please happen. I need it to happen to clear a path for A.J. Dillon. That's all I'm asking for. Just be patient, man. It's just one more year. One more year. Just be patient. All right. This next this next little bit, we we couldn't really come to a consensus, so we did something a little bit different. Uh, we're coming up on the RB24. So what we did was we kind of planted our flag on somebody. Um, Begley had a guy, he ranked him as his 23. Me and Goni had him outside. Uh, Goni had a guy ranked at the 22. Me and Begley had him outside. And I had a guy ranked at the 22. Uh, Goni had him at the 24. Begley had him, Begley faded him heavy. Um, so we actually have three 24s for you. Uh, and we'll start, uh, first things first. I hit on mine. Goni missed on his. Begley missed the worst on his. Uh, so we'll just start with Begley's. Uh, Begley picked Melvin Gordon as the RB23. I had him as the RB31. Goni had him as the RB26. Uh, finished as the RB55. ADP had him at the uh, RB45. He was bad, dude. He was cut. <laughs> He got cut in week 12. Oh, man. Lowest yards per carry since his rookie season. The Broncos offense was a joke all year. He's on Kansas City's practice squad, and he's going to be 30 next year. Do we really need to go in? I don't even know. I wish Begley was on here so he could defend himself and why in the world he thought that Melvin Gordon was going to be an RB2 this year and and Javante was going to be amazing this year. I faded that whole backfield. I had Javante as like a 23 and Melvin Gordon as a 31. Just ugly. I mean, for for what it's worth, I mean, you got to look at it from this mindset, though. What I'm really ready to clown him on is is the next two for ours because he's the sole reason neither of those guys made the top 24. Yeah. Um, We'll we'll get to that, though, in a second. Uh, He had him at 23. I mean, Melvin Melvin Gordon finished as the RB22 last year with that perfect split with Javante. They bring in Russell Wilson. You think the offense is going to be fire. It obviously wasn't. It was trash. It was fire. It was just fire in a dumpster. A dumpster fire. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what a difference four months makes. Like, what a complete difference four months makes. Because at the beginning, Begley's talking about him being, you know, the RB24. And he doesn't he, he like barely has a job. I don't even know if he's gonna be on Casey's practice squad. I don't know how contracts work with the practice squad. If they retain you and they just have your rights or whatever until someone else signs you. I don't know how that works, but he's never gonna crack another roster again, I, I don't think. Maybe as like a super backup. I know some of the older guys have been getting play recently, like the Latavius Murrays and and and, and you know, things of that nature. It, I guess it happens, Dude, but 
Did you see? Did you see what he said about uh, getting a Super Bowl ring? Since he is on the practice squad, he got a ring. Oh yeah, I saw that. This one's sweet because he didn't have to do anything or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. My man got a ring. He got a ring, and he can retire into the sunset now with his bags of money. Yeah. I, speaking of Latavius Murray, that man took the job from him. Imagine whining yep. about wanting the job more. Like, imagine whining about, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball, and then sucking, and Latavius Murray coming out of the woodworks, climbing up out of his career grave to take the job from you. Yeah. Yeah, that embarrassing. Happened. But, I mean, Melvin Gordon, it's been real watching you. You used to be a stud. Uh, good times. Enjoy your ring and gallop off into the sunset. Best of luck, sir. All right, Goni's 24. Cam Akers, I had him as the 26. Begley faded this man all the way into the 32s. Uh, Goni had him at the 22. Uh, he finished as the RB 35. ADP, dang, the, the world loved Cam Akers. Had him at 16. Only missed two games. Can't really blame it on injury. Um, finished with 786 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, he, he did play week one, but only got three carries uh, because he – wasn't really fully healthy, ready to go. Um, and after that, it was just kind of a, a, a split workload with Darrell Henderson. Um, he had issues with coaches this year, uh, just weird stuff going on. Uh, that being said, when he got the ball towards the end of the year, he did solid. Uh, McVay's back next year. Cam Akers is the guy next year. Who knows? I mean, he might he might actually hit that ADP next year if what he did to end the year carries over to next season. Cam Akers could very well be a solid solid running back. Yeah, I didn't I didn't foresee any of, you know, the problems going on. I could understand that he wasn't ready to begin the season, but I was willing to look past that when I was giving him my personal RB24 spots. Um, I mean, like you said, dude, had the problems with the coaches. He came back. They released Henderson, and it was it was Cam Akers' team essentially. I, I know you got some some work here and there out of uh, other guys on the team, like Kyron Williams got got some carries here and there. Whatever. He finished. He, he I, sorry, he started the final seven games of the season, and he gained. 549 yards, almost five yards a carry, six touchdowns, three straight 100-yard games to finish the season off. He, he was scorching. He was hot. Mm-hmm. So I like him going into next season. Uh, I think he can. He has potential to be a RB2 for you, top 24 guy. It, it's definitely out there. Like you said, McVay's coming back. Stafford's coming back. He's not retiring. You still have Cooper Cup out there. They need to do something about another wide receiver because Allen Robinson ain't that dude. Hey man, you want to hear? You want to know the whispers that I've heard? What is it? D Hop. Man, wouldn't that be something? That's. Do that's they have the, money though? How do they have any money? That's the whispers, that, dude. I don't know. They'll just trade a million draft picks. <laughs> uh. No, I mean, like, how do they physically have any dollars to pay anyone? I don't know. It's like, have you ever seen that Untold Stories documentary on uh, Netflix about the hockey team with mob ties? Um, nah. Dude, look it up. Untold Stories. It, I forget what it's. It, it's the Untold Stories series. So if you just search Untold Stories, 
there's one about a hockey team that it, pretty much like a mafia boss bought him and just like gave it to his son as like a gift. So you got like this this little kid running this hockey team and like literally they're signing contracts for these top tier players and they're staying under the cap because they're just giving them duffel bags of cash under the table. Wow. <laughs> that's that's what the Rams are doing right now. They're giving hey, duffel man, bags of cash under the table. That's an OG move right there, honestly. I could see something uh, I could see Pablo Escobar doing that. He he bought a soccer team during his heyday and actually had uh I don't know. It, it just wasn't ran very well, let's say, but I could definitely <laughs> see him doing that and uh I mean it would work out for everyone. Imagine they have like the all pro squad, everyone's on veteran minimum contracts, but really under the table they're billionaires basically yeah men contracts that are just driving paganis around <laughs> yeah dude i like i mean i could see it happen i could see it happen but that'd be phenomenal if they got deandre hopkins next season um but yeah uh, i like cam Akers and that kind of offense for sure hey d hop is at the point in his career where he just wants a ring he'll he'll he don't need the money anymore and if he feels like the rams can give him a shot uh, Matt Stafford is the best quarterback that he would have played for in his career. Mm, Deshaun debatable. Watson. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, debatable really? for Deshaun Watson's years that he did play. It, I'm sure it'd be close. It, it's not like it's a downgrade by any means. It's lateral move at worst. Right. Yeah, that's that's a perfect way to explain it. Definitely a lateral move at worst. But the Rams, in my opinion, have a lot higher upside than the Cards. Yeah, facts. This man's tired of losing. He's got to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, plus, D Hop is. Oh my gosh, dude! He's he's the RB. He's the WR two there, right? Yeah. Could you yes. imagine, dude? His life. How easy it would be for him to just dominate. How do you do that? You you got to have two. You, you can't do anything other than four, two safeties two corners if you have somebody in a slot you got another db maybe pulling a linebacker you can't blitz you cannot blitz no you really can't and that's and and i know we're talking about wide receivers but if they get d hop cam Akers to the moon absolutely absolutely all right my 24 begley really killed us on this one because you had him as an rb2 as well i just had him a little bit higher than you he would have been the guy was you Travis would have been the guy to go in the spot? Yeah, was Travis Etienne? I had him at twenty two. Begley faded him all the way to thirty four, um, and you had him at twenty four. I guess I'll do a little bit of explaining. I'm assuming that he thought James Robinson was going to be that dude there and just take a lot of his carries. And I don't, I don't know. He's not here, so he doesn't get to defend himself. He's really stupid and wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he finished as the RB seventeen. ADP had him at RB fifteen. Uh, played every game this season. He came off the uh, major Liz Frank injury that major. nobody comes back from. Yet he came back and finished with over 1,100 yards, five touchdowns, over 30 receptions, over 300 yards, four top 12 finishes. Only five touchdowns, dude. Finished as the RB17. He's that dude, man. He averaged. He had a three-game span where he averaged almost 23 points per game. Uh, started started getting a little some ailments, but it didn't cause him to miss any time. 
Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. Jacksonville is – they're looking good, man. They're a team on the rise. They got Calvin Ridley coming into town. Uh, Trevor Lawrence took a huge step forward this year. Uh, Jacksonville made the playoffs. I mean, they are – they're an up-and-coming team. So ETN's the guy. So you a successful offense, typically the running back benefits greatly off a successful offense. So, uh, again, my way too early, no research rankings. ETN's definitely an RB2 for me next year as well. Yeah, he absolutely killed it this year. And it, honestly, it, it's really like it's his rookie year. He, he obviously missed that entire real rookie year, his first season with that major Liz Frank injury that no one comes back from. Um, but he came back from it. He looked great, had a good finish. He looked phenomenal, though. He had all kinds of juice. I was very happy because I, I picked him in a startup uh, Superflex dynasty that Wayne and I are in. And every time you see him play, man, he looks like he shot out of a cannon. He can do it all. He can catch out of the backfields. He, he obviously runs good. He started getting some some leg injuries toward the end of the season, little ankle things here and there. But they weren't afraid to give him the ball either. He had He had as many as 28 carries in a game. 24 and another 26 like he gets the ball they're not scared to I think that's uh, a game script kind of thing obviously so they don't worry about the workload by any means and like you said man the sky's the limit I definitely look for him to have another good season next year five touchdowns is low that has plenty of room for improvement does he have top 12 potential to you Wayne Potential, yes. I would really have to sit down and, and map out um, who else is up there. Potential, though, in, in an offense that's took such a leap forward um, just in one season, uh, yeah, for sure. Especially because he's, he's the only guy. The only guy. Yeah, I, I no, had, one, I had no one's him, taking that. I had him as a back-end RB2 with James Robinson. So so yeah, I'd be a fool not to not to say anything else. Not to say not to say he couldn't break the that RB one threshold. Honestly, man, you get this guy some more receiving work out of the backfield. He only averaged two receptions a game. So you get some more receiving work to that guy and he he's gonna shoot up for sure. And only five touchdowns. That's not a lot. Five touchdowns. That's easy to, to improve upon. He could easily Oh, let's say his yardage stays the same. If he gets eight touchdowns and maybe seven, eight more receptions, maybe another hundred, he's he's an RB one. He's there, and that's five total touchdowns. He had no receiving yeah. touchdowns yeah, all season. It was five total, five over five yards carry, five point one yards carry. The volume goes up for this guy, and he's he's going to be absolutely great. I he, I can see him being as high as like a top. Top six, dude. He's top he was seven. he was an RB seventeen this year, and the first six weeks, a third of the season, he had a round of fifty percent snap share uh, with James Robinson. That was yeah. a third of the season that he was that he was splitting carries and still didn't find pay dirt a lot, didn't have a lot of receiving work, and still was a was a higher end RB two. So so the sky's the limit for this guy. Um, really, out of our top fours. 
Um, Cam Akers, if they get another receiver, especially a D-hop, Cam Akers to the moon. ETN in this offense, James Robinson gone to the moon. Um, Begley's 24, Melvin Gordon, that was stupid. He's retiring. <laughs> yeah, that is what it is. Give us our rankings, man. How do we do for the RB2s? Man, so not going to lie to you, Mad Mob, we got beat up. We got beat up. We didn't do as well as the RB1s. We went – I didn't count the 24, so we have 11 total here. We went 4-7 and seven on the RB2s, 13 through 24, obviously. And uh, looking back at it, I don't, I don't feel terrible. Some real misses that we had. It was a lot of injuries, really, a whole lot of injuries. James Conner, four games. Uh, we hit on Alvin Kamara. You didn't know what was going to happen out of Antonio Gibson, so that's fine. That's understandable. J.K. Dobbins, Elijah Mitchell, just injuries, injuries, injuries. So, I mean, it is what it is. It is that what being it is. Said, that being said, four and seven for the RB2s. We went eight and four for the RB1s. So, for running backs one through 23, 12 and 11. If you listen to the Mad Mob, we got the majority right. Yeah, we're on the and, winning and side. And more importantly, we, we hit heavily – on the RB ones, which are your point scores. That's true. That's true. You can never account for injuries. They they happen every year. It sucks to win by them. It sucks to lose by. Actually, it doesn't suck to win by them. You want you want to play against the guy that's got never the sucks to win. You're out there. <laughs> yeah, it never sucks to win ever. So I rescind that statement. But it it sucks to lose out uh, on anything really due to injury. So like we said, can't really help that or anything. But straight up, twelve and eleven, not too bad. Uh, looking at it, tallying up all the scores, and Wayne is our running back champion for the 2022 season. Timmy Capti, sir. Well, what was our final total? Our final total. You were you were the leader in the front. Beggs was 15 spots behind you. I was 25 spots behind you. What killed you? Who killed you? What killed me more than anything else, uh, Javante Williams, injury, Damian Harris, and... That killed uh, Begley worse than it killed you. What's that? Javante? Damian Harris. Damian Harris, yeah. I mean, Javante I had as uh, the running back 14 coming into the season, him finishing it as the RB82. You having it closer, that one that one was a big one, so it hurts. It hurts. But we were we were pretty close to nailing them right on the head for a couple of them. Alvin Kamara was a good one in that. So I enjoyed this though. This was a good time. Yeah, and and it needs to be said, we did our running back rankings in May, early June. Yeah. Mo- months before Super the season early. started. Months before the season started, um, so the fact that we were we actually got the majority right over the ADP, um, doing these months before, uh, is pretty impressive. I I don't know. I'm gonna. Tr- I think we should try and wait a little bit longer this time because I feel like we would have hit on on Antonio Gibson if we waited a little bit longer. I feel like we would have hit better on Melvin Gordon. I don't. I don't think Begley. I think Begley would have kept him out. Oh, maybe not. Begley, when he plants his flag, he he doesn't move it. Nah. 
But I feel he like he dies on the hill. He he absolutely dies on the hill. Um, yeah, I think we wait a little bit longer because I think our hit rate next year, if we again we got the majority right over the ADP this year, months before the season even started. So I think I think we can go nuts uh, with the accuracy, Mad Mob. We do hours and hours of research um, before we do our rankings each, and we all do our rankings separately and give you a consensus because we all are looking at uh, different stats that we hold our hat on, um, and that's that's kind of what we're here for. That's why we want to give you the consensus and not just our general. Uh, we are going to give you each our top two hundred. Um, next year, so you will be able to see individually where we're ranking pretty much everybody that has any sort of value. Uh, but yeah, the consensus will, will be the same. I mean, we do, I know for myself, and I know you're the same way, and, and I'm sure Begley is too, for just like my running backs 1 through 12, I probably looked at it for like 4 or 5 hours total. It's hard, dude. It's hard planting the flag, putting guys where you want. It's just you can't be wrong on like the top guys or anything, you know, you don't want to steer anyone off. You never want to miss on your first round pick and running backs generally are always going to be first round picks for the most part, the majority of them. And it's one of those things too, where it's like, we, we want to be right at the end of the day. We want this podcast to be successful. Um, it's something that we're really passionate about. Um, and the only way we can be successful is, if we're right, <laughs> you know what I mean. If we're, if we're right, nobody's going to listen to a fantasy. Nobody's going to listen to a fantasy football podcast that leads them astray in their rankings. Um, so it's I'm glad that we've done the running backs and we're right the majority of the time um, over yeah, the ADP. But on top of that, I I, I want to be more right than you. You know what I mean. You want to be more right than me. We both want to be yeah. more right than Begley. So, so it's just like it's double fuel to like buckle down on the research and like make sure we leave no stone unturned uh, to nailing these rankings down. That's that's important to us too. Just the the friendly competition and everything that we have. So, congratulations, sir. You're the you're the running back champion. I was the quarterback champion, and Begley is crownless as of right now, going into the wide receivers. But yeah, let's let's go ahead and hold off this. Uh, 2023 season until like at least August when like the preseason starting, you know, we're going to wait longer. We're going to kill it. We were, we were a little sketched out. We were, we were sketched out on the, so we just started this off season. So, you know, we, we wanted to hurry up and, and get ourselves out there. And the only way to do that was giving the important content right off the bat, which of course is the rankings. Um, we've got our following up thousands of downloads. We appreciate all the support. Um, as always. So I think this year we can afford to slow play it a little more. We have a lot of more, a lot more content, um, to last us the off season that we can uh, hang our hat on and, and keep the mad mob entertained. So uh, we can wait, we can do our research. We can, we can release our rankings, um, later and be safe. Uh, we got a, we got a whole off season, uh, to tickle your fantasy football fancies. Everybody, uh, Everybody, just keep Begley in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, he's he's a little sick. He doesn't know how to be sick. Um, I'm sure he's down for the count with his belly ache. And I'm just worried about him. I'm worried about him. He'll be back. He'll be back for the Q and A. We we hope. We think. I don't Maybe. know. Either way, he'll I, get the Q and A. I'm sure by that. I'm sure by that time he'll have healed from this one and got sick again. <laughs> 
<laughs> As immune systems for MVP? Immune systems, good immune systems, working immune systems for MVP. Yeah.